You are listening to episode 214 of the Game Deflators podcast. My name is John, and I'm joined by Ryan. Hey, everybody here at the Game Deflators podcast. We like to talk about games. We've recently picked up games we're currently playing, and we look for a better future in this year's gaming trends to end. So, dude, I always look forward to this one because we have tons of trends that have happened in the year and we look to, of course, have them end in the following year. And last year, we were joined by Barry of Nintendo Fuse and Premium Edition Games. And this year, again, for our gaming trends to end, we're joined by Barry. Hello, everybody. Pleasure Yay. to always be here. <laughs> Barry, uh, I think you've been on the podcast like, I don't know, 20 times at this point. Um, <laughs> so if you, <laughs> if you want to give folks... A little quick spiel, uh, I guess, for new listeners of who you are. Uh, yeah, so my name is Barry. I am uh, a co-host of the Nintendo Fuse podcast. I've been that for a decade now. I've been co-host of the Premium Playcast. and one of the founding members of Premium Edition Games, where we release physical, high-quality physical releases of digital-only titles for the Switch, PlayStation 4, and PlayStation 5. Always a pleasure to have you on, man. The pleasure's all mine. So before we jump in, of course, Ryan, uh, they can find us at thegameofplaters.com, our ad update website. I will keep saying that until I update it. Uh, you can find us on YouTube, which is mildly out of date. I'm actually uh, eight episodes behind on there on Getting uploading up. all of our videos, which I'm absolutely shocked that I was able to do that. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Game Deflators and then on Instagram and Facebook at The Game Deflators. And of course, every single podcast app that you can find out there. If we're not on there, shoot us a message. We will be on there and leave us a five star review. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, let's dive into our recent pickups and currently playing. Uh, Barry, as a guest, we will defer to you on what you have recently picked up and what you're currently playing. Uh, so I've recently picked up any Switch game that came out <laughs> in the past <laughs> week. Uh, got to keep up that set. But the, probably the coolest thing I picked up, because as a collector now, I've kind of shifted my collecting more towards mu what I call museum pieces, just things that I like to put on display, not necessarily play, but just pieces of history that I think are important and really cool. Uh, just one of the things I go for. So I recently got in something that took me a while to find. Uh, I, I find it fascinating that this even exists. Uh, some people have heard about it. Other people's might, people might just be like, what, what is this? And that is a, a physical, complete copy of the X1 version of Super Mario Brothers Special. And for those that have no idea what Super Mario Brothers Special is, is in Japan for the Sharp family of computers, Hudson Soft was allowed to port over the original Mario Brothers and Super Mario 1 to those systems, but in they didn't just port it, they also enhanced it by adding in new enemies from the original Mario and Donkey Kong, new power-ups like the hammer from Donkey Kong, uh, new items including like the Hudson V is in there, uh, and these versions are exclusive uh, to the Sharp family of computers in Japan, but they are official, Nintendo you know, put them out there. Um, they're not bootlegs or it's, it's almost like an official ROM hack, so to speak. Uh, really, really cool. Uh, fun fact of his, you know, Nintendo history, uh, was finally able to find a copy of, uh, 
of Super Mario Special, and it's just it was just really unique. I think uh, just to see something like this, uh, it uses like Mario Two artwork on the back has Mario as like a cowboy with a gun pointed, like literally just drawn gun. I'm like Nintendo would never allow this today, but it's so funny to see. Uh, so that's that's been my major pickup. As for what I'm playing, I'm currently playing uh, through Dragon Quest Treasures on the Switch, How which just that? came out. It's fantastic. It nice. is. It is. I mean, it's not made by Square proper. It's like another party made it and then Square published it. But it uses all Akira Toriyama's drawings, obviously classic Dragon Quest music. But it's a lot of fun. It's very open-ended. It's like go where you want, find different treasures. And all the treasures are from previous Dragon Quest games. Okay, uh, so lots of callbacks and references. All callbacks and references. And it's it's actually like it, they advertise it like it's Eric and Mia on an adventure. Well, really, no, it's Eric or Mia. You get to pick what you want to play as. And then uh, your party is monsters like Pokemon. So it's like yeah. if you remember Dragon Quest Monsters on the Game Boy, um, it's like that. It's like a, a continuation of that series. Uh, and it's it's fun. There's like rival gangs that can attack you, and like h- while you're out there hunting treasure, they can attack you, and you have to defend yourself. Uh, you know, there's, there's all these different adventures. It's like you have to get all the MacGuffins, so to speak, but you can get them in any order. There's a bunch of different islands to explore. Uh, a lot more fun than I thought I, was, I would have with it. I was just like, ah, right, you know, this is cool because I love Dragon Quest Eleven and I, I love Eric's character, and Mia was cool too in that game too. Uh, if you do her side stuff. But yeah, it, it's way better than I thought, and I'm I'm really having fun with it. Nice. Is there uh, the monster breeding like in the? No, monsters? there's no monster breeding. But when you defeat uh, any monster, you defeat has a chance to want to join you. Um, you could also use uh, your slingshot to hit it with special berries to make it more likely. As you get treasure and your rank goes up, you have a higher native chance of getting them. But then okay. even when you get one, it goes to your base and you have to still recruit it. So you have to choose, like it may want like 10 of one item, five of another. And if you don't have it, you can't recruit it yet. You have to wait and it stays on your board until you have enough to recruit it. So okay. just because you have a slime doesn't mean you won't get a different slime with different abilities. And there's a, you know, there's, there's obviously the, the she slime and the, the the slime king and the you know like all these the metal slime and all these different types of, of characters and it's it's a lot of fun. And then you could also send them like in a lot of these games you could send them on like mercenary missions to you know for 30 minutes go for here and get me treasure kind of deal. Um, so. Yeah, I like it. I think it's a lot of fun. It's weird that it's it's a Switch exclusive, I believe. But, oh. uh, and it's also weird that they put it out alongside Crisis Core. So if they put Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest right against each other. And of course, Crisis Core dominates the media. Uh, so people forget this game even came out. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, like, I great keep, job, Square. <laughs> I keep seeing on my Amazon like recommendations. I just, you know, I'll, I'll wait. Uh, you guys know I, I pick up stuff used yeah. all the time or when it's on like heavy discount. So yeah, it's it's definitely worth checking out if you enjoy like a three D adventure style uh, action RPGs with you know monster hunting kind of deal, then you would nice. like it. And the Dragon Quest series, of course. Yeah, yeah, always a pull for the fans. I I played the monster series on Game Boy, and then I played Dragon Quest Joker on mm-hmm. DS, and that was good. But I thought about getting into the Builder series and just kind of never really took the time to grab one and play it. Yeah, I've heard good things about builders, but I haven't played those either. But th- this is the equivalent of like the next Dragon Quest monsters just without monsters in the title. Yeah. That's interesting. So uh, for myself, <clears throat> I picked up uh, yesterday, actually, uh, Absalov End of Gods on oh, PS5. Nice. 
Uh, so it's a futuristic Norse mythology horror game. Uh, so it had pretty good reviews. I'd been eyeing it for quite a while and uh, it was like 30 bucks for some time. And uh, recently Amazon dropped it to $12.99. So it's like PS5 game, $12.99 and it's got good reviews. My eyes on it. Let's go. So pick that up. I also got uh, Valkyrie on the PS4 to VR game. So grab that. And uh, this morning, if I can upload my thing, I got Sagebrush, a digital game that's on the PS4. It is currently, if you're listening today, until the 22nd of December, it is 59 cents for this game. So it's normally $5.99, 59 cents. I mean, it's a 90% discount. It's actually pretty well reviewed. It's around a 78 to an 80 on Metacritic. So, I mean, by all means, not a terrible game. And uh, it is a horror game. And it's kind of, uh, let me see if I can find like exact style. So lo-fi 3D world, um, and you're in a compound. It says moody ambient soundtrack and we're real world inspiration for apocalyptic cults. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, figured why not, right? 59 cents, you can't go wrong to get a digital title. So I grabbed that. And um, that's, oh, and a cooking mama cook-off on the Wii, randomly. Uh, I was at Goodwill yesterday and looking for baby clothes and, that happened to be on the shelf. So I picked it up. Nice. And uh, as far as currently playing is concerned, obviously it's a little difficult right now, uh, nowadays. So my wife and I are playing some Little Big Planet, Sackboy's Big Adventure. We are now in the third world of that game and definitely having a ton of fun. So if you haven't played that game, that's definitely one to pick up and play. And I started yesterday only because it's more level based. I picked up Bomberman, Super Bomberman R on the uh, Switch. So I've been playing through that. And uh, I just got to the third set of levels, essentially some on three one right now. And that one's it's kind of fun. But at the same time, it's starting to feel a little repetitive to me. I think a lot of that kind of comes down to it being Bomberman, which generally is. And you get a lot more uh, a lot more fun, I guess, when you play multiplayer with Bomberman games, whether it's head to head or uh, if you're playing like the story mode of somebody else. Uh, that's really where the fun comes in. When you're by yourself, you're just kind of like, eh, it's all right. So. Playing through that, I figured, you know, baby's taking 40, 50 minute naps here and there. I can bang through a few levels of Bomberman every day until I beat it, uh, which is unfortunate because, like, I really want to dive back into Terra Enigma and finish that one up. Really can't. I mean, when you're considering a 50 minute nap here and there. So, you know, I, I really can't do that during the day. At night, I theoretically could. But Ryan and I, have, well, I've been watching One Piece and chatting with Ryan, and that's just been, like, consuming my nightlife. <laughs> um, so in three months for those that know Barry, I don't think, you know, this unless you've been keeping up with our, uh, escapades here, uh, I am now on episode 750 and that has been three months of one piece. I've literally wow. caught up on 20 years of one piece in three months. I mean, think of all the time you'll have in a few weeks when you finish. Oh, I know it's going to be fantastic, <laughs> dude. I'm not going to know what to do with my life. No, I've been considering picking up a one piece video game just until the uh, English dub catches up just to fill your time. Yeah. Just to fill my time with more one piece. Um, but dude, it's phenomenal. Like we'll, we'll talk about it on the next episode a little deeper, but I'm, I'm pretty stoked about everything going on and, and where the arc is heading. And of course, once they get into like the Japanese subversion, I'm just going to kind of stop for a while. I might actually dive into dragon ball Z GT cause I didn't finish that one. So I gotta, I gotta finish that. Um, I swear that Funimation app is, it's dangerous, dude. There's yeah, so there's much a lot on there. there. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I think that's 
it. Uh, I still want to play Blue Dragon. It's still on my radar. It's actually still in my 360. Um, so I haven't played it actually since Barry and I chatted about it a few weeks back or a couple months back. Uh, and what else? I think that's it for right now. Um, I'm turning into Ryan in 2023. <laughs> I'm going to like start playing games and not beat them. It sucks. That's, dude, you know, actually, I went through today and looked at all the games I played this year. And I actually finished more games than I thought I would. I think you finished more than I did this year. Dang, that's an accomplishment for sure. Uh, I mean, well, it it's kind of helpful that, you know, a third of a year I've had a child. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. Well, that's not kinda, going away. So maybe this trend will continue in 2023. It, it, it trends to end. Ryan taking over uh, games that John cannot finish. I don't know. Once a child goes to school, though, you'll have all that time. Not really, because like I'm working. <laughs> so once he goes, it'll have to be like, oh, you want to join you this uh, club? No, I don't want to join that club. Yeah, you want to yeah, join that club yeah. that's two hours a day. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I mean, and I do the cooking in my house, too. So like, you know, once it hits like past four o'clock, my wife takes the kid and then I'm I work out, eat dinner, hang out with them. And he falls asleep probably about eight o'clock. So that's where I like that. 8 o'clock, 8.30 to about 11.30 is where I have like free time that I can actually play a game, but One Piece has taken all of that time. So once One Piece is done, that'll free up like several hours a day where I can start, you know, chugging through some games. Nice. So, yeah. Ryan, how about yourself? Uh, so this week, Game Pass High on Life came out, so I picked that up and I've been playing through that. Um, I don't know. I Listening to the discourse on it, People are like, oh, my God, this is like either too annoying or it's super funny. But either way, it's kind of bland. Like it's not that engaging of a first person shooter. Like I I don't find the guns to be like very fun to use. Like the shotgun drives me crazy because it's like I feel like half the shots I'm too far away to like be making contact. And then other times it seems like I can just one shot guy from like a decent distance. So there's just some inconsistencies that I don't think are that good. It's funny enough to me. Like I like Rick and Morty. All right, but I'm not like losing my mind over it. I did tone down the gun chatter to like a medium level instead of leaving it on like the default highest setting because some of the things they say is fun, uh, but you get this power slide move. And then whenever you do the power slide, JB Smoove is like, oh, do a power slide, like all the time. And then the other guy's like always just like, oh, power slide. I'm like, stop saying power slide. I know that I bought the power slide thing and I'm using it a lot. But like, it's like, imagine if you were playing Zelda or some other game and you were like rolling to move faster. And every other time Link was like, I rolled. <laughs> it, it, it gets a little frustrating. That reminds me of like the... 90s era 3d platformers from like the playstation era where they just had to do those quick one-liners and they just got repetitive over and over and over again yeah what was it we were playing like last year gex or something and he just wouldn't shut up he doesn't shut up um so i i don't know i'll probably try to make it through there it's not a very long game some of the things are like there's been a couple times where i do kind of feel like it's clicking and you know, there's a lot of enemies around and um, you do have a, a decent like whip swing 
you know, grapple kind of thing that you can use to like catch on to some points. So like some boss battles have used that kind of well, where you're really having to use your momentum to stay away from the ground. Uh, if there's like an effect going on, um, I feel like most of the bosses have been like, I don't know. They're nothing really to write home about. I mean, a lot of first person shooter bosses where it's just like, you just kind of dump ammo into them until they stop doing whatever they're doing for that phase and then move on to the next phase. And it doesn't really have like a lot of ads. There's not like a lot of situations going on, but in those moments where they are trying to incorporate the elements of like swinging around and avoiding it works. But with most of the regular enemies, they don't do anything except for like run up to you and try to melee you or, I feel like I'm hardly getting shot most of the time. Like, I don't feel like the regular enemies really have enough pressure on you to make you feel that engaged in the combat that often. And I think maybe it could be that they're looking for more exploration, like to look around the world. Like it's a pretty looking game. There's like little secrets around that you can find once you get like some more power ups later to go back and revisit some previous levels. Um, on the whole, it's, I don't know, like a seven-ish game, I guess. It's on Game Pass, so if you got Game Pass, like definitely check it out, you know, for your monthly payment there. Um, so breaking news, Ryan, I have three more pickups that I made okay. while you were talking. Uh, Man, I've Mass- been on for a while, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Mass Effect, the Legendary Edition right now is actually free on PlayStation Plus, so I picked up that. Biomutant, which I already have, but I figured digital copy, why not just add it? And then DKO, which is called Divine Knockout, they have a bundled version up right now. So figured, why not download it? Just there you go. to have it. So there's, there's three additions to this week. Mass Effect is so good too. I've actually never played it. Oh, really? It's so yeah. good. I I saw maybe that needs day. to be your new game's resolution. Oh, Seriously, God, no. uh, dude, oh, I can't so... play an RPG right now. Like as bad. Oh, you know what? That's You're right. You're gonna be done with One Piece. <laughs> In like two weeks. Good, good point. Good point. But uh, there's some other RPGs. In fact, we'll dive into that when we do new games resolutions. I think we'll do it in a couple weeks. We'll have that episode on the first. Um, I have an idea on what I want to do. And it is an RPG, but it's not Mass Effect. And the main reason being is Mass Effect. I already saw the digital download file for that. Somebody else put up. It's 100 plus gigabytes. Well, that's like all three games. Yeah, yeah, three games. Yeah, I know. I don't want to put 100 gigabytes on my console right now. I've got other stuff to do. Mm. Yeah. I I have like an apprehension, and I feel like a lot of people do. Like, I never really want to go back and play Mass Effect 1 because I just hate those Mako missions oh, in Mako like the rover. I'm just like, I don't want to do that again. I think they might have toned it up and made it a little bit better for the the new edition. Yeah. Well... Other than that, I did play a little bit of Pokemon this week. Not too much. Uh, my buddy needed some trades to be done. So I hopped in and did some trading with him and ran around a little bit and some multiplayer. And that was all right. But it was just like a half hour. So nothing like we didn't go do any raids or anything. But, did you get your Charizard for the weekend? Uh, no, he got a couple of charmanders that he's been trying to breed to get a shiny so he offered me one of those but i i just i'm never gonna finish the pokedex like i'll i'll see if i can make it to the end i've got like two more gyms and two more raids and i think one more titan to do 
And like this is the farthest I've made it in a Pokemon game. Well, I guess I beat the Let's Go Eevee this year. But did you did you keep up with that, Barry? Did you hear about episode where Ryan unveiled the secret game to me? <laughs> Bastard. Like it was probably what a year and a half ago that we were playing Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu and we were racing and then both of us just kind of quit. And he's like, oh, I got this secret game. And it was like a number of weeks of the secret game. And he's like, I finally beat you. Like, (laughs) (laughs) The long con. Oh, man. That's how you play it. Yeah. Well, that's all I got for this week. Pick up some playing. Well, let's let's hear from Barry if uh, he's got any updates for us on premium edition games or Nintendo Fuse that he cares to share to put them on the spot here ah sure so uh with nintendo fuse we're we're done for the year uh we'll be back in january uh some cool things planned for next year so you have to stay tuned and listen to the podcast for that uh as for premium we do actually have some updates so uh as of this recording we should have both wonderling dx and rain your parade in our warehouse on tuesday so they should hopefully be starting to ship later next week once they're inspected. Uh, so people will cross their fingers, get their copies before the end of the year if those are pre-ordered. And of course, we will put them back on the site, any remaining copies we have to uh, let people get a second chance if they missed it. So that's that's good, big, exciting news. And then we're I'm in the middle right now of writing our uh, first PlayStation presentation so that we'll most likely be, you know, January uh for the next big presentation uh, so look forward to that we've uh we've got some really cool exciting things for playstation we also have series six for switch is finalized uh we can't talk about what they are but but there will be a direct to announce them but we do have series six is finalized series seven is pretty much finalized as well and i can say this i haven't said it anywhere else but this just this week i had the pleasure of talking with some amazing developers and uh we got something really exciting signed all our stuff is exciting but like this was really exciting for for hopefully next year um but it's one of those that the game is still not done and we told them we want this game to be the best it could be so no rush when it's done and complete that's when we're going to do it because we want the game to be preserved in its full form but it's it's got the entire team super stoked so i can't wait to share that at a later time if it's got well, you that excited, it's got me excited. Oh, it's it's exciting. A uh, question for you on just like development of games and such in general mm-hmm. and like what you guys can create. So obviously PlayStation just kind of struck a random thought in my mind. Are Is there any opportunity, and maybe you guys aren't doing it, but like say, for example, like late gen releases. So like PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, like are are there companies that are still willing to do that type of thing? Like do late gen releases on those consoles? Uh, that all depends on the format. So like you still see Nintendo games because people make their own cards. Like Nintendo doesn't have to make those cards. So if the, if the system has a proprietary system, uh, a format system, like uh, the Vita, you can't, there's no more physical Vitas because they make those games and the plant shut down the 3ds is the same thing um you know the 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 psp the umds they sony made those so in a case like that there really can't be because they've shut the door on it which is unfortunate um switch is the same nintendo makes all the switch cards 
So unless somebody else figures out how to make unofficial Switch carts, which I don't see them doing, 3DS, the, you know, was, was official and you you couldn't make an aftermarket. So no, I don't think so. So with, if someone could make a PS2 disc, uh, and and anyone can do it as opposed to Sony themselves, um, then there's always a possibility of an unofficial PS2 game. But is there really that much of a market for PS? Even though PS2 is number one selling console. They, if they're willing to do that, they might as well just make it official at that point. Like, there's yeah. a charm to doing like a Game Boy game in in this day and age because it's a strategy of working within those limitations, and you can you can get Game Boy carts. You can you know you can make your own. So there's a, there's a market for that, and those people that are doing it are making it like 40 copies, 50 copies. Like you're not talking thousands. Um, yeah. Neo Geo CD is getting new games. Dreamcast is getting new games. Um, so as long as you can actually do it outside of the system, then yeah, if there's a market, then it can be done. If it's proprietary, no way. Like that's why people talk about the minimums and I've talked about the minimums. Like if Xbox, Xbox, the reason you don't see a lot of small Xbox physicals is the minimums are too high and Microsoft has to print those. Yeah. They have to be the ones. So if they say it needs to be 10,000 or 20,000 or whatever the minimum is copies, that's a lot. And if you're a small company, you're like, oh, can't, can I move that many units? Uh, yeah. In America, Nintendo Switch is 5,000. And that's why we say with all of our releases, the minimum is 5,000 because that's what we have to do. Um, and and that's they won't put it on the belt unless it's a reorder. Reorders for Switch can be 1,000. Uh, mm-hmm. PlayStation is a smaller minimum. It's 1,000 units because discs yeah. are a lot easier just to print. Well, I think so, I've even seen them as low as 500, if I recall. With PlayStation, no. no you, might see, so, you might see oh, you might see only editions. 500 of a collector's edition, sure. Yeah. Or they just choose to sit on 500 copies. They could do that. Like, they can order them and sell as many as they want. Yeah. Like yeah. you look at Red Art Games, for example, They their PlayStation releases are part of their 999 series because they're doing a print run of a thousand and they're just not selling one of them 999 mm-hmm. um and and that's their marketing and that's cool and it works um but that's that's the reason so print runs in today's day and age everything is proprietary you the odds of seeing an aftermarket switch or an aftermarket playstation 5 game or you know down the road are uh, slim to none unless somehow someone cracks how to do it and don't get sued to, <laughs> to the end of the earth by Sony or Microsoft or Nintendo, uh, as especially, you know, if they're relevant, you know, like Nintendo's not going to go after you for making an aftermarket NES game. They don't care yeah. at this point, yeah. um, but they will, if you somehow manage to get a 3DS, they'd probably go after you. Gotcha. Like, no. Okay. Interesting. Thought I'd ask. They're yeah. really, that's something I'd ever really considered. Uh, all right. Awesome stuff. Well, let's dive into our trends to end in uh, 2023. So uh, I don't have the list from last year. I don't think we necessarily need to. Well, you know what? I know one that was I can look list. it up. It, it was Barry's favorite. It was NFTs. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that's what Barry and I both commented. You kind of got that. Yeah, like, we kind of we kind of did actually kind of hit the bucket a little bit. Yeah, they're not exactly the most popular thing, but I mean that kind of goes with the Bitcoin crash as well. It's occurred, um, you know, when you had Bitcoin soaring at like sixty k, and now it's you know hovering around sixteen five. That's a big part of that. And uh, NFTs, I think, are usually traded, you know, via Bitcoin. Then you convert that Bitcoin or other coins into cash. Um, so. Uh, but Barry, I think you and I are on the right path with that one. Hopefully, one of these days, Good. NFTs will be gone forever. So stupid. Yeah, I know. 
uh, well, you know, so I got to tell you this one. Reddit was giving away free NFTs and uh, my buddy picked one up because uh, he's got like 40 or 50,000 karma. So he got a free one. Some guy reaches out to him and says, hey, I'll buy your NFT from you. He's like, well, how much? He's like, 400 bucks. He's like, sure, here, take this digital asset that I give two shits about and I'll take $400 profit. So nice. he just straight up turned like this free NFT into 400 bucks. That's smart. That's the dream, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And it's not like it's anything special. It's like his NFT from his Reddit. So it's not like it's some high profile NFT. It's like everybody on Reddit that had X amount of karma got one of these NFTs. And yeah, but who knows what it could be worth? I don't know. It's so stupid. So I looked at mine. I didn't have a free one. I was like, maybe I can get 20 bucks, but I didn't get a free NFT. But as far as trends to end in 2023, I'll kick us off with the first one here. And that is remakes of remasters. I'm so sick of it. I'm sick of seeing Last of Us Part 1 released three times. I'm sick of seeing 10 different damn copies of Skyrim be released over the last decade. Grand Theft Auto needs a new Grand Theft Auto. They need to stop with 5. Like, you can continue to update 5 with, like, supplemental aspects. But I don't want to... If PlayStation 6 comes out, I don't want GTA 5 on PlayStation 6 or Skyrim. Like, I don't want to see it. Skyrim will um, be on everything forever, like Doom. I, I can play Skyrim on my microwave, okay? That's how bad it's gotten. Um, but I, I'm done with it. No more remasters or remakes of remasters. No more. Finished. Like Things like, you know, remakes, sure. Like the Resident Evil games 1 through 4, cool. Like seeing that next gen. But when PlayStation 6 rolls around and we see a remaster of the remake of the remaster, no. Like... New things are needed at this point. And it almost seems like these studios are running out of damn ideas. And that's why they continue to pump them out. And I know before we were recording, we talked about like the Final Fantasy anniversary set and one through six being released and it's remastered, pixel version, blah, 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 blah. Like I get it. It's, you know, 35th anniversary. Um, but if we see a damn remake and a remaster in the next five years, you better believe I'm going to be angry. It's it's going to piss me off. But wait, what if they remake one of one to six though? I mean, that, that's like a full remake. Those yeah, games yeah, I'd, are. I'd be okay with a full remake, old. but if they make a remaster of the remake, that's probably oh, yeah. angry. Yeah. <laughs> well, so they did redo those on the DS. That's the true. DS they did. Three and four got. They remade. did. All right, I'm officially angry. That's it. No more. <laughs> they can't. That's the only update they get. They can never update them yeah. again. No, never again. That's it. Like, stop making them. Make but wait, more stuff. Even though Final Fantasy three was a remake, that was the first time here in America we got to play it. So even oh, though that's true, remake. that's true. So that one, okay, that one, I will give them the John blessing on that. There's one. very that specific fine. rules here. We really yeah. got to nail down what iteration <laughs> of the game I'll, this was. I'll, I'll figure it out. But at some point, you know, if it's gone beyond like three iterations of a game where it's been remastered and remade and remastered again, that's it. It's strike three is where it is. I think there has to be a certain amount of time that passes before a remake. However, I am perfectly fine with ports because some some people don't have all those systems and you know i know the switch had a lot of wii u ports at the beginning and a lot of people gave it crap but the wii u sold 13 million yeah. units a lot of people never played those games so to get those ports on a, a more popular system just to be able to be played i think that's a good thing i think giving people more access so i have no problem with porting games but i agree like last of us did not need a remake i heard there's rumors of horizon uh zero yeah. dawn getting a, a remake i'm like that game is just five years ago and it's so gorgeous and it's gorgeous 
It's so there's no reverence anymore. People just need like, and we're not even trying to push 8K yet. Like once 8K yeah. rolls around, they're going to be like, man, we need twice as many pixels in all these old games now. Just <laughs> wait to the days when people say, oh my God, can you believe that game's only 120 frames a second? How can how, the Anderthals have to play that? Like what? <laughs> it's like I'm blinking while it's moving. What the heck? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I used to say to people a couple months ago, I was I would when we would talk about this because I talked about this with other people, that very same complaint you had. And I was like, Oh, in The Last of Us, I know, and then Horizon, I know. I'm like, did you hear they're also doing God of War Ragnarok's getting a remake? And they're like, I know. And I'm like, <laughs> let that go over your head. Like, did did you really get what I was saying? Like, my joke was that they're remaking a game that never came out, and you're agreeing with me. Like, that's the problem. You just easily accept. To be fair, though, I have heard rumors of God of War, not Ragnarok, but the prior one being remastered. It doesn't need it. It doesn't. It was like late gen. Wait, the 2018 PS4. one? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought you were talking about like the OG God of War. No. I'd be like, oh, that'd be kind of cool. No, but well, it wouldn't surprise me if they did like three. Look at, look at three. Three got off port on PS4 when it was already HD. What did it need it for? They sh- mm. Now, if they did a collection, I would love if they did a PS5 collection of one to three with Origins, the two PSP games, and Ascension. Like, here, you like God of War Ragnarok. Here's where it all began. That's great because you can't go back and play those games. Like, PS3 is like games on that system are locked. Yeah. Uh, so that's fine. That To me, that's a port. It spice it up a little bit, enhance it up a bit. Um, but yeah, fine. Get that on there for more people to play. I'd be cool with that. I love collections. But do we really need 2018 game to be remade? Like, come on. No. I mean, hopefully that we get more technology for like, you know, AI upscaling and stuff to try to bring better life to some of these old titles in the future, maybe. But like you're never really going to have that opportunity to take an old game and put it in a new system to get enhancements. Like from the ground up, it's going to be something you're going to have to buy. And they're probably going to look at how many people are going to buy this old game to play it with what we've put in as enhancements versus how much can we pump into marketing to get a bunch of rubes to buy this a second, a third time. Yeah. But by the way, I don't know if you guys saw, but somebody commented, I think it was yesterday that, they would love to see a new God of War, like after the whole Norse mythology components complete, um, where he goes into Egypt and takes That's on what the gods everybody of Egypt. Said. But I, to not offend, but probably offend a number of people, would love to see Kratos versus Jesus. I'm sorry. I said it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. what I find, I don't know if you played Ragnarok or not, but what's not interesting yet. is when 2018 came out, like, People are like, so this is God of War 4. And they're like, no, no, this is brand new. Reboot the whole thing. And like, it tried its very best not to mention anything about the previous games and try to be its own thing. And then you play Ragnarok, and it's like they realize that didn't work. And they're all like, I'm the ghost of Sparta. Let's talk about my brother from the PSP game. Let's talk about, you know, I killed Zeus. I, you know, I, I got this from Hermes. And like, they just mention and go through like well, even- all this dialogue about the first three. Even in the one from 2018, they refer to it a number of times. Like they refer to Zeus and his son is like, you know, just kind of gets a little bit more understanding on his background as his father. And yeah, so but it's like, it's like it's all not, muddled though. Yeah, it is. Like it's super trying subtle. They're trying to bury it. And they try then, to bury yeah, it. Now yeah, they super, don't. Super subtle. And obviously I haven't played the new one yet, but it wouldn't surprise me. Like you just said that 
they've done and, that. And it's like you should just call that God of War four, and this should be called God of War five Ragnarok. Like that's just what it is. Like yeah, just he leaves because he's like, oh, I'm not from this land. You know, he talks yeah. about how Sparta. Yeah, he was born Sparta, and then he moved to you know Norway, and that's just it. Like let him be. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know how. Like if they did ancient Egypt, how how would it even work out? Like I don't even think that would be a thing. Who knows? I don't know. Like, it's going to be like Assassin's Creed, God of War, Assassin's Creed. That's what it's going to become. Yeah, just historical gods all over the place. Like, he's going to go to like these random nations that have like four followers of a certain god. He just goes and beats them down. Like, that's just what's going to happen. What's interesting is not not spoiling anything for Ragnarok, but there's actually one part where he does recollect and like God of War one music plays and it's like super nostalgic. Like, oh, this is really cool. But then there's other parts where like he's he's like seeing visions and stuff, and I'm like. I felt it was a missed opportunity. Like they could have brought God of War one, two or three visions in there. Some of the gods he killed and, and some of his allies and stuff. And like seeing his family again and his brother, like you mentioned them in the game. Like that would have been so cool. What a, what a nice throwback. I love when games do that. And they, yeah. I'm like, you, you went right to the edge. And you just didn't commit all the way and go ham on this. Missed opportunities all around. Yeah. Uh, well, Ryan, uh, trend to end. What do you got? So, Earlier this year, um, Microsoft did their uh, showcase and they did, hey, these are what we're going to show and these are all supposed to come out in the next 12 months. I really like that. I think that in the climate we're in now with delays and then delays to the games that were delayed again, like we've got a lot of anticipation and not a lot of payoff because they're trying to get these games out and fix them in post. I mean, the whole thing with Gotham Knights was a wreck. The whole thing with Pokemon is kind of a shame. Like, I just think as an industry, they would be better off trying to shorten the hype cycles. Like, if you don't throw all that extra money in advertising the game two years ahead of time and then having to delay it an extra eight months and still rush it out, like do what Microsoft is doing. Just when you do your showcase, this is what is likely to come out actually in the next 12 months. And we'll get you release date within like three months of release. And hopefully there won't be more delays because it's just so disappointing. And who's planning around this besides them? Like people don't really need to be like, okay, well next March, I really need to get all my schedules set up so that I can play this game, that game and this game, like unless you were a reviewer, but I mean, if the game gets delayed, it's going to be off your slate anyway. So planning who's planning for all this, who's marking all this down on their calendar and being disappointed, but us when they could just kind of ease off, you know, let the studios do their thing let things be in a reasonable place and then make a good solid announcement that they can actually stick behind. I think that that would be a lot better. Cause like the splash screen we got for fable like two years ago and the elder scrolls six sweeping Vista from the year before that, like why, who, why'd you pay all that money? Why'd you book that time in that show? Like, this could have been like an announcement that like, Hey, this studio is working on this game and you'd be that less in the hole and that less, when is this going to come out? Like, I guess that hype is what they want, but I feel like you could shorten that hype window and people would be fine. 
yeah, that hype is gone. Like, I actually completely forgot about Fable and Elder Scrolls until you mentioned that. Yeah, it's something that you see Nintendo mainly do, where they'll announce a game and it comes out within a month, months, literally months after. And like, they keep a lot of things close to their chest. And I wish everyone else did that. I mean, yeah. yeah and the few times they haven't, like Metroid Prime 4, uh, look Advanced what happens. Advance Wars. <laughs> well, well, Advance Wars is done. That was a war. That was Putin. Yeah. yeah. Advance Wars is done. That's not them. They're, they're trying to be respectful because of real world issues. But the game itself is done. It's not like it's, well, it was in development hell. Yeah. Um, the, the physical copies exist. They're sitting there like Amazon's warehouse and stuff, just waiting for the okay. But look at look at how many times games are announced. And they just want, you're right, they just want that hype. They just want like, oh, boom. I'd rather not know about a game. And then, Hume, here's a, here's a you know trailer or here's an announcement in a direct or something. That looks great. Oh, it's coming out in three months. Oh, and then you have that three-month super hype window, and then he comes out as opposed to, oh, when's that coming out? Oh, in three years? Oh, I'm just going to be playing a lot of games between then and now. Like, I'll play it when it comes out, maybe. Like, I'm not going to base my schedule around it. Uh, yeah. I agree. I agree. I wish wish they would. Even if they didn't just come out and said, hey, look, our direct or our presentation does isn't a wowing presentation, but we can assure you we have a lot of great things to announce at a later time. Please be excited for them, but we can't talk about them yet. Then at least you know something's happening, and they make it a D on the uh, some nerds report card for the E3 presentation or whatever. But whatever, they'll be fine. They're still going to make money, and then when they come out with that banger, they'll get the whole internet going crazy. Oh my God! Can you believe Elder Scrolls Six is just showing off and Shadow Drop today? <laughs> yeah, Shadow Drops. That's the theme today. <laughs> That's a trend to end. Shadow Drops. Uh, actually, no, I, I, I don't mind like Shadow it. Drops. Actually, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Barry, any trends to end on your end? Uh, mine is very easily this whole day one update, mm. lack of releasing a game complete. I'm not talking about DLC or anything, but just don't rush a game out there that it needs a day one update. Like if you got a physical, let's let it be complete let's let it the game be complete on launch day uh this is something that has bugged me for a, a long time it's bugged a lot of collectors for a long time and and just you, you you're just like oh yeah i get to play it and and i know it's it's nothing new uh i used to be a big big diablo player uh loved diablo one played it but it was always constantly updated because it was you know just every, almost every time logging in there was an update and i remember when diablo 2 came out and I got it launch day on PC. And I was saying to my friend, oh, isn't it going to be great to finally log into a Diablo game without having to do an update? And sure <laughs> enough, there was a day one update for that game. And I was just like, are you kidding me? This is day one. And that was back in the, the late 90s. Uh, like, yeah, you know, late 90s or really early 2000, like 2000 uh, itself. And it was like, come on. So now when you buy a game and you put it in there and there's an update instantly, it's so annoying. And, least, a day, and a day one update in the late 90s, early 2000s is not a short update. No, no. But <laughs> I even, didn't even think now, of that. Even now, yeah, with the internet speeds, it was killer. Yeah. But even now, it's like, come on, I just want to play the game. Like, what did you rush this out there with, with missing content? Or like, what happened between the time it got went gold and, and launch? Like, just get the game out there complete. And then afterwards, work on DLC or whatnot. Focus on releasing a complete game and not rushing it. And that, that's what I want to see end. I want to see all games released in complete playable fashion and status with everything done 
to the envisionment of the team and then work on DLC and added stuff. I don't know why, but I'm picturing right now in my mind, like late 90s, early 2000s, Barry, six hours into this update on dial-up speeds. Somebody picks up the damn phone. It's at 95%. He's like, oh, I'm so close. Canceled. No. Yep. It was like that. It was like, come on. The pacing. Because all you want to do is play that brand new game. And it's like, come on. Like, like, do you want to pick up a Game Boy? No, I want to play this game. You know, I was looking forward to Diablo 2. Like, come on. Uh, that was that was a cultural game like Diablo 2 is one of those like staple games for PC like it's yeah it's such a good I mean, game. it's still popular today people still play it they, yeah was... they just got a remake on it but people still play the original yeah and I was like exactly. that was day one I was so hyped and I was like so disappointed because again like you only have so much time to play uh, you know even as a kid and like most of that time was sitting there waiting for the update which is very frustrating <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> after day one update day four update damn it yeah. yeah that's how blizzard did things back then yeah but now the whole industry does things like that yeah well, i feel so, like we're oh go ahead uh, i was gonna say talking about blizzard i had another trend to end that i was gonna note here which is a consolidation of studios by the big three i i'm so done with this like i just i get the whole idea of activision blizzard and cultural aspects and how much it sucked there and everything else but like as these studios continue to just like take on or really like as you see Microsoft, Sony and Nintendo continue to bring in these studios in house and make things like exclusive to their consoles. Barry, you and I've talked about this. Like it's bad for the gaming industry to have like Activision Blizzard acquired by Microsoft. Like it's not a good thing. And uh, I changed my focus on that actually. Did you? Okay. Mm. Well, mine, mine remains the same. I, I think it is still a bad move in general for the industry. Um, I get the idea of like Sony has like timed exclusive rights and, uh, people argue that, and Sony has a lot of in-house uh, first-party exclusives. They've also purchased studios and made those exclusives as well. But I just, there's too many, like Activision Blizzard is such a huge studio that there's so many properties that they own that automatically Microsoft's going to have that. It's going to be under lock and key unless Microsoft decides to release it. And it's like that with Sony as well. And obviously Nintendo uh, has everybody by the balls of like old Nintendo games for the most part, unless you're hacking them and getting ROMs. Um, I I just don't like the idea of all these like smaller studios getting eaten up. And go on. on. I was going to say the the difference with Nintendo is those IPs they created themselves. Yeah, they did. Yeah, exactly. And the studios they buy are ones that are already like they bought next level games like they already has already made games that were nintendo yeah Yeah. like they they're not going out like if they buy platinum it wouldn't surprise me because of their relationship they're not just going oh we want to buy ea for the sake of buying ea yeah so when nintendo does actually open up its checkbook and buy a company it's talents and it's it's studios that they're already working with and and generally only make nintendo games anyways it's like when sony bought sucker punch it was like okay it's an insomniac Insomniac. like same deal there yeah i think the the bungie one is interesting and some people have said oh well they bought bungie like sony's so evil like it was a 3.6 billion dollar acquisition and all they got was destiny and the properties tied to destiny and i'm pretty sure destiny remains i want to say uh multi-platform so well the reason i say i changed my stance a little bit is because from all this brouhaha with sony trying to block this deal microsoft is instead doubling down on letting everybody get the games including promising call of duty back to nintendo for for a decade you know call of duty hasn't been on nintendo since the wii u and only the first two 
you know, games there were, were on the Wii U. Uh, so uh, Microsoft is more willing, and they're definitely positioning themselves to be a third party. I don't, I don't think there's going to be another Xbox. I think it's just going to be, we're just going to be third party at this point. Yeah. Uh, and I don't mind that as long as they're doing right by the the companies and they can they can have the money so if they say hey look Di- like diablo 4 was just announced we're talking about diablo uh diablo 4 has a, a thing that i'd love to see stop too it's on the smaller scale but uh i'm always online for a single player game i yeah. hate it. diablo 4 has to be online and you can play it single player like no let me only connect to do online so if microsoft says look we can stop that we can change that um i'm fine with it um if they're going to give games to every platform I'm fine with it. If they were buying it and saying, that's it, it's only Xbox now, period, all those games, and we're canceling all those contracts that already exist, um, then I would say, yeah, now you're being really bad. But they're not. Look at Deathloop, right? Deathloop was a PlayStation 5 exclusive for a year. That were, They already had that deal in place. And Microsoft owned it when Deathloop came out. They owned well- then you have the situation like Hellblade, though. Hellblade has remained exclusive to Xbox, and that was initially a multi-platform game. Well, uh, the, the sequel was. The first one wasn't. Yeah, the first one wasn't. That's what I'm saying. So Senua's Sacrifice was on PlayStation, but now you've got the new one that's only on Xbox. And they're going to have they're gonna the smaller titles are probably going to do yeah, that. That's and a that's, pretty niche. Like uh, that wasn't going to be one that was going to like sell millions of copies yeah. on every uh, platform. That is one that it, it's kind of similar to Plague Tale and that not many people knew about Plague Tale. But now the second Plague Tale came out and people were like, holy crap, like this is a great. That game also came out on Game Pass where more people are going to have. Yeah. Yeah. A but that's chance not, to jump in without not that overhead. That's not a studio they own, though. So they purchased. Was it Team Ninja? I think is who they purchased to get that. No, um, they, no, no, no. They didn't. Team Ninja is Tech. Uh, who, who, who was it that they purchased? Um, that? I know who you're thinking of, but it was not Team Ninja. I don't remember offhand, it, but they purchased that specific studio. Obviously, N- Ninja Head or Ninja. Right. I, yeah, I, I, I think Ryan. Let's just look up. Uh, a Sobo was the developer for Plague Tale. Uh, no, no, talking uh, Hellblade. 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 Oh, Hellblade. Ninja Theory. It was Ninja oh, Theory. Ninja Theory. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Well, see, it was close. Team Ninja. It was close. Ninja Theory. <laughs> yeah, Ninja's what got me confused. But yeah, so there's they a Ninja, Ninja in there somewhere. Yeah, they purchased Ninja Theory. And I think Ninja Theory, I want to say, made um, Heavenly Sword, right? On the PlayStation I think 3. So. so I don't know if Sony owns that property or if Probably now does. Microsoft owns it, but similar situation, right? So, like, yeah, it's a smaller niche game. But there is a decent amount of followers for that game. And Hellblade was good enough that it deserved a sequel. And it's got a little more notoriety around it. And now it's only on Microsoft. And so Ryan and I actually talked about this. I think it was last week. We're like, yeah, wouldn't it be? It would not surprise me to see like Microsoft releases the first one multiplat and then sees how it performs. And then, oh, the sequel. You want to play that only on Game Pass. So but look at games like Ori and Cuphead yeah, and stuff like true. that that are on all systems or at least already is on Switch. I imagine Crash Bandicoot will follow a similar suit. It'll be on multi-platform. Um, yeah. You just kind of have to. So I get it. Like you'll have certain properties and ones they keep close to the chest. And I'm fully with you though. I think Microsoft, this is the last Xbox. I don't think there's another Xbox coming out. They'll likely have smaller devices that can connect to your TV, kind of like the Google uh Google setup. I forget what the hell it's called. Google Play Chromecast. or Google Chromecast. Yeah. So that'll be on the back of TVs. And you'll be able to play your games via Game Pass like that if your TV is not compatible. Well, they already built it into Samsung TVs. Yeah, forward. it's already in Samsung. And then I could see them even like down the road saying, you know what? We're not making another console. But hey, Sony, you want Game Pass on your system? 
you know, so all these gamers can have access to the same with Nintendo. Like I can see that being a thing down the road as Mm -hmm. a third party, like you've said, and I would hundred percent be okay. And on board with that. Um, But it's just the idea of it. If they start to take some of these larger titles or even smaller titles and start keeping them with Xbox exclusively, especially given the size of Activision. And if say down the road, we're like, you know what? We want to buy EA now. You well, know, like that, that. I mean, that's going to change. That, that's not going to let yeah. it go. But, you know, as big as Microsoft is, there's a bigger, a bigger company yeah. than Microsoft that has a lot more than Microsoft does. Yeah, we talked about it a few months ago. Embracer Group. No, Embracer, oh, Embracer. Group. Yeah, they now, just here, bought all the Lord of the Rings properties. Yep. Now, look at, look at what Embracer does. Now, Embracer has a bunch of stuff in their primary publishing house is THQ. THQ Nordic is Embracer. The, there was just an announcement that the Crystal Dynamics, which they bought from Square, is working on a brand new Tomb Raider game. And it's coming you out on Amazon, right? Amazon. That's going through Amazon games. Now, they could have just said, no, we own THQ Nordic. That THQ is going to publish it because we own it. That's in-house. Instead, they're working like, oh, yeah, sure. You, you want to make a deal with Amazon? Go for it. You don't have to use our in-house publishers. So they're letting people do what they want to do. And if Microsoft does the same thing, like, oh, you you want a next Activision game you want it to be on a Switch exclusive, fine, let it be. They're going to be a third party, and that's what they're they're positioning themselves. It's yeah. the same way where Disney bought Fox. Disney didn't buy Fox for Fantastic Four and X-Men. They bought it because they wanted Disney Plus, and they wanted content to put on their streaming service. That's it. That's what Microsoft's doing. They want content that they publish as a third-party publisher. What you know, it just seems that way. So they can, yeah. they own the IP. They can let other studios do yeah. that work for them. And that's why you see them going after Sony, saying Sony wants to grow by shrinking Xbox, and and then Sony dro- throws Nintendo under the bus, and that's when Microsoft's like, well, well, we'll help Nintendo too. We'll help Steam. You know, we'll help everybody. Like they're not being they're not being dicks about this thing. And I think now if Microsoft played up, oh, we're we're buying this to be third party. And then afterwards said, ha, we lied. Everything is Microsoft exclusive. People would be pissed. The people who would be happy would be the diehard Xbox who would be like, oh my God, Xbox, this Xbox, that, and that's it. But everybody else would be like, you lied to everybody. Screw you. We'll see. And I wonder how much of this is, you know, let's be friendly with our competitors is more backpedaling than it is like, you know, trying to be a good, you know, gaming studio, gaming developer, gaming industry giant right like they were going in with in this with the mentality of we're going to purchase activision blizzard we're going to move forward with like bethesda acquisition obviously and all these titles that are going to come over there now they're getting a lot of you know flack from all these other organizations and consumers and it's like oh no but we'll put 10 years here we'll put 10 years there we'll release it the most like I, f- I feel a lot of it is more backpedaling than it is like goodwill at this point i think when they started doing it their intentions were to build xbox up bigger because if you look at the original Xbox, came in second place, just ahead of the GameCube, but far behind the PS2. The 360, you know, obviously got beaten by the Wii, but was in the lead, was destroying the PS3 up until the very, very end when Microsoft kind of like said, oh, we're, we're good, we don't do anything. The Xbox One beat the Wii U, but that, that's not saying much. And yeah. the, the Series X and S is not doing much. The PS5 is beating it, the Switch is bloated out of the water. Um and I think Microsoft realizes at this point that even by having these exclusives, because remember, people like you have no exclusives in their next E3. We're here with like 85 exclusives. Like that was their their big push. It didn't work. 
It didn't work yeah. for them. It didn't sell units. So I think there, there might be some backpedaling. I think initially their thought was we're going to make Xbox the only play to, place to play Call of Duty. And now it's like, even if we have that, I don't think that's going to have the effect we want it to have. And instead, let's just take that money. Yeah. And, and you know, I think, I think they're I think, doing that. I now. think, you know, by putting it on multiple consoles, they're going to make more money anyways. You know, yeah. like if you don't have the consumer base, like, yeah, you have Game Pass. That's great. But the only way you're going to have Game Pass players is if they a have a good PC that they can play Game Pass on or or I guess a good phone or B, they're an Xbox, you know, purchaser. And Xbox is not exactly selling, you know, a ton. Right. So if you can somehow get in with Sony fans and have Game Pass on Sony on any of their consoles and any of their devices, I think that is the right way to go. But time will tell. On that, I think one of the three of us needs to go covert, get a job with Microsoft's game <laughs> division, and then you know get fired after a couple months when we leak the information because we didn't properly sign the NDA. John, you know, it happen. sounds like you already have this planned out, so I'm going to put this one yeah. to you. Okay, yeah, I'll look around. You can, Me and Barry, you we're, we're busy. We got stuff to do. <laughs> look, don't don't be mad at me. I've got a baby. <laughs> um, you know, I would love to see, and I could probably look at the sales numbers of like Ori switch versus xbox or sales numbers of cuphead switch versus ps4 versus xbox yeah and see on these games these ones that we can compare is it selling better still on xbox or are people more likely to buy them on other platforms and yeah. maybe maybe that's the case maybe after they did ori the switch version outsold the xbox and the cuphead outsold on switch and playstation to xbox and they're starting to realize hey you know what? We could still offer it to our our own internal fans, but look at all this extra money we're making by making it multi-platform. So yeah. that's going to work for games like that a lot better than I think it's going to wind up working for like Call of Duty because the downgrade to the Switch versus what you're going to be getting at the PS5, Xbox level, like they could do, you know, probably like a digital like cloud version cloud. with a bunch of compromises to make it work, or since you know, King is a huge part of this and they're trying to really push into mobile. They could use those IPs to make, here's a mobile version with, uh, you know, a decent port to the switch. And then we've got our main console line <clears throat> version and running two different of the same IP on two different sets of platforms. Or they're banking on within the next 10 years, Nintendo having an upgraded switch that can run it natively as well. <laughs> there we go. That'll be a dream. <laughs> Uh, you know, it'll be it'll be a uh, super switch, and um, it'll be running on PS4 <laughs> capabilities at maybe. this point. Yeah, maybe we, we'll we'll have to see. But I do think what Microsoft does in the future here is going to be the most interesting out of the three because they're they're most likely going to be dropping out of this. Then it'll be a two man race or two horse race, and until Apple jumps in with their like four thousand dollar you know <laughs> device, Apple's not going to do shit. No, Apple yeah. won't. And even if they did, I mean, that's such a a small consumer base. I mean, it's a big consumer base, but like the amount of people that are gaming and also Apple users is like Steam tried small. it and, and Steam couldn't do crap with the Steam. Yeah. Uh, oh, Steam box. Deck's doing okay. Steam Deck's doing okay, but the Steam box yeah. failed spectacularly. Yeah. So the Steam Deck is doing okay because of its you know being niche and being portable. It's something it's it's not competing with PS4 and Xbox. It's competing with Switch. Yeah, and they just and, announced their update too. They're going to yep. do a new battery screen instead of like a hardware update. Yeah, it's the best place to play uh, Breath of the Wild. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All, All right. right. 
Let's uh, move on to our games of the year. Yep. So this will be um, just anything that you played this year that that you thought was like in the top running. I I think for me, uh, I have two big choices to go between, and Elden Ring is probably the one that I think is going to take it for me. But the more I look back this year at the list of games that I played, I think one of the most rewarding games I played was Tunic. Like that was just really different and immersive and tough. And it was at a time when I was kind of like really on a roll from going from one game to another game to another game. And something about it just really caught me. And I think caught a lot of people and seeing the, the hidden mechanics and just the exploration of this world that doesn't have a lot of explanation uh, was really fun and gave me a lot of that oh, games kind of feeling like from when I was a kid and discovery. So those are probably the two ones I think are in my top running, but probably giving it to Elden Ring just because it's like, it's amazing. Like there's just so much that's already been said. It's hard to keep saying more about. So for me, I played quite a few games this year, but the Elden Ring included Ocarina of Time was the one that I finally beat Barry. I got that one knocked out. Um, but my game of the year is Kano Bridge of Spirits on PS5 this year. It was on PS4 as well, but that game was absolutely phenomenal. A- every component from the gameplay to the overall um, you know, story elements, the graphics. It was just such a solid game. And if you haven't played Kena, there's a reason that it was um, nominated for Game of the Year when it was. Um, and it's, I think it's an affordable game at this point. It, it's just solid. Like, it, I don't remember which episode it was that we talked about it on, but I just keep going back to that one as like the best game that I played all year. And nothing can change my mind otherwise on that. Very. I, I love. I love how you're just like nothing's gonna change my mind. No, that's <laughs> it. nothing, dude. Like, <laughs> Made my mind it. up. That's it. That you is. I, I mean, look. I've played a lot of games this year. Elden Ring was a solid game. I loved Elden Ring. I put in tons of hours. I, I see. I feel this image is like someone just putting a gun to your head. Damn it! Damn it! Make it be Elden Ring. No! No! It's gonna be Kana. You'll it's die. Kana. No! It doesn't matter. It has to be Kana. Kana. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. I mean, with Kana, you had there was no story that I played this year, but had as much emotion that was tied to, I mean, there's moments in Kana, like where you just tear up and cry mm. like in the game, like there's not many games that can do that. And when you're able to do that, it, like I would say before Kana it would have probably been, it takes two would have been like my game of the year and what I played. Um, this was just solid. Let's see nothing. Mine, mine, yeah. mine, mine is a story that will absolutely make you tear up and cry unless you're not human. Just like, okay. Kana. Um, you know, I played a lot of games this year. Elden Ring was phenomenal. I uh, had, had a blast with it. Uh, just a great year of gaming. Uh, you know, Legend of Heroes Trails from Zero is phenomenal. Finally getting to the West. AI, The Somnium Files, uh, Nirvana Initiative is uh, just a great psychological visual novel that everyone should play. Uh, God of War Ragnarok, some, just some stellar titles. Uh, but my game of the year is easily, without question, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 because it is just everything you could want from an open world RPG. Is, the combat is great. The story is phenomenal. Like 
like there are segments in that story that will make you cry like a baby in the, in the best way and play with your emotions the music the exploration just the open world thrill like it seems like everyone i've talked to it's collectively it's like oh they tell you to go left and we all collectively went right to explore and we spent like five hours exploring to the right and it's a completely optional area like how many games have a five hour area that you could explore and have fun in? it's completely optional like that is insane to me uh it's just it's just a game that i think most people need to play even if you haven't played the other two um or three, if you want to count X, you, you don't need to. It's standalone enough. But, oh, it's just a beautiful story and a beautiful game. And, yeah, it's just, if you like action RPGs, if you like good stories, good music, good characters, um, and you haven't played it, you're doing yourself a disservice. That's one I got to play as well. I had a hard time with two. Like, I, I played two. probably, like, 20 hours of it and then just kind of, I don't know, stopped because that's what i do so i don't know if i got the pull through to jump into the third one but i have heard a lot of people that i like saying that that's like their top spot for the year the the biggest pull for two for a lot of people was the gotcha system because two had the gotcha for the blades and this doesn't have that this has heroes you can you could you have to do quests to gain them but they're static they're every game it's this quest is always going to be in the same location uh, and every hero has a really deep quests. It's like, oh, this is a stereotypical. Thing. Oh no, it's not. It's, it's not what you're expecting at all. Uh, and the rug gets pulled out from you multiple times throughout the game. And uh, one one chapter literally ends with a 45 minute movie, and the next chapter begins with a 30 minute movie. And there's nothing you can do to make. Oh, well, there should be gameplay there. Like, no, this story has to be told. And it's just that good. You put the controller down and you watch and you cry. And it's like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like, this was an experience just to experience that hour and 15 minutes of movie. Damn, I need to dive into that. Yeah, that's, it's you're so selling good. me pretty hard here. Yeah, you are. I, I, I mean, there's a reason even, even the Game Awards acknowledged it as Game of the Year, and they never do that really with niche JRPGs. <laughs> uh, there's a reason for it. It's just that good. And it's an it's a interesting story about life and death and about what does life mean and and just the gravitas of it. And uh, it's just a really, I can't say more about it without spoiling it. I think we should all play each other's game of the years. Uh, I mean, you guys have both played Elden Ring already. No, well, I mean, (laughs) Tunic was the one that, Oh, Tunic, the other one. Yeah. Like (laughs) I haven't played Tunic. Right. So like, that's one that I think I should play and I should play Xenoblade as well. So, and you guys should play Kana. I I have Kana physically on PS4 and five. Very nice. So I, I at least bought it. I gave them money. <laughs> yeah, you did twice. Yeah, twice. Dude, you need to, you need to play and let us know what you think. Um, cool. Well, uh, Barry, what about worst game of the year for you out of what you played? <laughs> uh, I feel bad because a lot of the games I, I do play games for review. Um, so I get sent a lot of games. Um, so of the you know, and I don't I don't typically buy or, or typically play a bad game like the games I'm purposely playing for my enjoyment are games I'm looking forward to. Um, but the game for me that was the worst of the year was a review game that I got. It was a game called Conan Chop Chop. It was on the Switch, and this is a it's a 2D action RPG style multiplayer style. It was like Gauntlet you know, the, the starting town, you go to all different areas and it has the Conan, the barbarian IP. So I'm mm-hmm. like, Oh, this looks really cool. Except the game is not balanced for single player. It's balanced for, if you have four people 
And so if you're a single player, the, the enemies hit you like there's four, like three other people to help you, and there isn't. And when you die, it's roguelike. So you start oh, back from this, from, with nothing. Oh. And it was like, it became almost impossible to progress because you lose everything. And even when playing with, you know, another person, it's still, it's still not balanced for two people. Uh, and you still get your butt kicked. And it's like, you can't, I couldn't get anywhere in it. It was just so, I had such high hopes because I love Conan the Barbarian. Like, that's a cool IP. And, and yeah, it's just, it's not good. <laughs> it's not yeah. good at all. And I do not recommend it at all. So Ryan and I, for our inflation deflation of the year, um, you know, so we kind of talked about like what was the best one we played this year and then what was the worst one we played. So we'll start off with the worst one and worst one. We both share this revolution X on the super Nintendo. Absolutely horrible port of that game. I know it's a fun arcade game. Um, it is not recommended for the super Nintendo. It is super lackluster. I think the best part about it is just seeing the little Aerosmith characters on screen, dancing and singing. That is probably as good as it gets. Cause the rest of it is just hot garbage. Um, you can listen back to our episode of uh, the worst Super Nintendo games of all time. And that took the number one spot of our worst game of all time on Super Nintendo. As far as best inflation deflation for this year, uh, Ryan, I selected Guitar Man or Guitar Man on the PlayStation 2. Uh, I had a lot of fun with that game when we played it. It was fairly challenging for the most part as a rhythm game. And the story was quirky. It just kind of had that Japanese game feel to it where you have all the quirky characters and little block guys and whatnot that are tied to it. Uh, and I actually went ahead and finished that game after we played it. It took me a couple days of just kind of like sitting back and getting used to controls, but ended up beating uh, Guitar Man. Really enjoyed it so much in our review that I just had to complete it. So, And that one was on our uh, Rhythm Games Triple Threat Showdown, I think. Yeah. Did. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a really good one. I did enjoy Guitaru Man, but for my uh, best of the year, I'm going to actually throw it out to the Kawabunga collection that we just played recently. I think that that's a really good time with a whole bunch of good stuff in it. And I mean, it's not that we didn't play like a lot of other fun games this year. Like I did really enjoy the um, Ghost in the Shell that we played. Uh, what was that a couple weeks ago? Um, what else did we play like this year? We played Twisted Metal ago, 3 yeah. was good. Um, Claire, you went back and finished that up too, didn't you? No, I'm actually still... That's another game I got to finish is Claire. Uh, the, I don't remember which edition, but yeah, Claire Extended Edition, I think is what it is on yeah. PS4. I think this was probably the year that we played the most games that I would be willing to go back and play more of. Like yeah. a lot of the times we'll play games and it's like, eh, this 30, 40 minutes that we gave it, you know, to do the inflation deflation section, that's really all we needed. But, um, you know, we played Star Tropics. I would definitely go back and play that. Yoshi's Crafted World, I would go back and play that. I actually did go back and play that and beat it. Yeah. Metal yeah. Hellsinger, I would go through and play. Uh, I had fun with Jet Moto. Tenchu 2 was hard, but like there was definitely something kind of else there that, you know, given the time might be worth checking out. Captain Commando on the Super Nintendo. That was solid. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, so, so. I, this was a good year for inflation deflations, I think. Yeah. Nice. The Cowabunga Collection takes it all. I think so. It just, you know, for what it's got in there, it's just, it's a lot of good 
TMNT for you. And I had such a good time with uh, Shredder's Revenge, which was another game I played this year on Game Pass that it was like, okay, I'm in that that turtle mindset. Yeah. Nice. I almost feel like doing a collection like that is almost cheating. That's like <laughs> saying, what game has the best soundtrack? Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Well, that's <laughs> cheating because that's like a hundred different IPs. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of consider it cheating too, but you know, I kind of get what he's saying. Like out of the games I, I, that we played, what was the best value? What was the oh, best yeah. title? I, I could it's totally see Cowabunga collection. I mean, collection. other than that, I mean, the other collection we played this year, uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two, that was really good. <laughs> now, now that's cheating. That's definitely cheating. Why is that cheating? Uh, because he's he's picking two collections. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's our games of the year. Uh, so let's go ahead and uh, close this out. Barry, if you can remind the people where they can find you. Sure, you can find me on Twitter at Hawk Hellfire. You can find uh, me on uh, Facebook and YouTube for Nintendo Fuse at Nintendo Fuse and NintendoFuse.com and all podcasting services where you can listen to the podcast or on YouTube, on YouTube channel. Uh, for Premium Edition, you can find us at premiumeditiongames.com where you can pre-order a bunch of our Series 5 titles right now. We still have a few in stock, as well as a lot of in-stock items and games, so you can order those, and, and they make great gifts. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at Premium Edition 1 and everywhere else at Premium Edition Games. I'm looking at your site now. I like the uh, premium edition Xmas ornaments. Yeah, it is an Xmas ornament. Yeah, we've got Christmas ornaments up there now. Yeah, we've got oh. different merchandise we're doing. We're always looking for to do new, new uh, kind of cool stuff. We uh, flask. I need we a flask. Flask there. Yeah, <laughs> I need a review flask, Barry. <laughs> review flask. <laughs> we we gonna, do. Have... You know what? I'm going to submit that request to you guys. I need the review of Flask. I'll just okay. put in the email. I think you guys have a request for stuff like that, so yeah. or an email. I'll put in a request and see. Uh, would it I'm, be JP I'm, that handles I, it? I handle the email. You handle that email? Damn it! Yeah, I, uh, J, JP left the company a year ago. Oh yeah, that's right. So, that's right. So who who I, is it that took his place then? I forgot. Uh, we've got a bunch of different people in the in the, in the team now. Like we've expanded. Um, we we split everything up so. We we all wear many hats, but yeah. but I'm the one who deals with the email. So I'm well, and I'm putting in my request for <laughs> review flask. I need to put in a, a request for like a a review copy of something at some point to to look at that. Like, but I don't know. It's I'll, just I'll, not something that's. If if you do that, I'll I'll hook you up with uh, with Joe who does who handles that. Okay, and uh, I'll send you a copy of something. I need a I need to play a copy of that Conan the Barbarian game too. Oh, that that's not that's digital. Have fun with that. <laughs> no, <I'm> just <laughs> we're, not, we're not touching that one. <laughs> Didn't even ask. I was like, ooh, maybe this could be a potential physical, and I got the code. <laughs> and I'm like, like Conan the Barbarian, and I played it. I'm like, no, no, I'm not even going to submit. You'll this. you'll buy the five thousand minimum just to put in the trash bin. No. I don't. No, I don't kidding. have that kind of money. <laughs> I wish I had that kind of money to throw away. Yeah. But review flask. Um, so thanks again, Barry, for hopping on. Uh, this has been episode 214 of the Game Flares podcast. My name's John. I'm Ryan. And we've I'm been Barry. joined by Barry. He's yes. Barry. I'm Barry. <laughs> and thanks for listening. <laughs>